Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. <clears throat> we ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yes. go for it. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the topic that we're going to be talking about today. When and how to consider a senior living community. Now you may say, Sharon, why are you so passionate about this topic? And for those of you that have worked with me for many years, you've heard me say this a million times, mm -hmm. the best time to talk about this is when we don't have to talk about this. Right. We're not in a crisis mode. We're not in a rush to make any decisions so we can take our time. And so joining me today, I've got two experts on this topic, Liz Rue, who is a, uh, a senior housing counselor for Folkestone and Wyzetta, and her counterpart, Lisa Wotrang, also a housing counselor from Folkestone um, in Wyzetta that is um, an affiliate with the Presbyterian Home and Services. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for inviting yes. us. Thank you so much. I'm gonna start it off right away with just a statistic. Okay. okay. And just the other day I was reading in one of my financial planning magazines um, when it was talking about different senior living environments, but, and I've, this isn't the first time I've heard this, but every time I hear it, I'm always amazed at the number. 70% of adults age 65 years and older will require long-term care at some point, okay. 70% over the age of 65. And then it went on to say the average length of stay in that long-term care community is about 3.2 years. Yeah. So I'll turn it over to the both of you. That's a pretty bold statistic. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not a new statistic. I've been hearing this for years. Mm -hmm. And so what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, I think it's important to know that there's just a lot more to senior living than a nursing home stay and kind of um, what sometimes looks like more towards end of life. Um, we have a lot of senior communities that are 55 plus and so people are wanting to move into those communities to be able to be vibrant and active um, and just really to have kind of a maintenance-free living lifestyle so they're not having to upkeep their home or worry about the things that are happening in that place. They want to have um, the energy and time to travel, to go spend more time with their grandkids or their families. Mm -hmm. um, that's really what I'm hearing people say, that okay. they are just wanting to have more freedom in their life as they age. Okay, so t tell us, I mean, I know there's a lot of different options. And one of the questions that I frequently hear from a lot of our clients is, when do I start this process of thinking about making a change? I mean, think about it. Many of these mm -hmm. individuals have lived in their home forever, mm -hmm. right? There's Their family grew up there, they're, you know, children, all the memories, mm -hmm. all the stuff yes. oftentimes that people have in their home. And, you know, maybe they themselves took care of their parents and now they're kind of in that same situation. So when would you recommend that they start thinking about maybe considering a senior community? Now. Now? Yeah. yeah. Especially I've... like what you had said in the beginning, when there's not a crisis because there's so many communities out there that you can look at that we all offer something different 
whether that's a social piece or maybe you need those services and cares. And so now's the time so that you are healthy, you can go and you can look at these different communities, see what we have to offer so you can find that best fit for you. Right. I hear a lot of people come in and just speak to wanting to have something in place, one, so that their kids aren't worried, and mm -hmm. two, so that you know, sometimes as we age, we don't feel like we have a lot of control. We don't feel like we have control over our health, over some of the things that are happening, over how our body is moving. And so um, being able to um, take those steps forward and find the right fit for you, a place that can feel like home and that you can thrive and being proactive in that space gives you control over that's over that part of your life and the ability to really write your story of how you want to age and how you want this next chapter to be so i think that was a really um impactful statement that both of you shared and i concur exactly with that and i try to encourage clients as often as I can, start this process early. And it doesn't mean that we have to move tomorrow. It means we're gonna start the conversation about thinking about what might those next steps look like. Mm -hmm. And many times, you know, I've, I've had clients say, well, I've taken care of my children and now they're gonna take care of me. Yeah. Probably not the best plan for long-term care. And albeit someone may have really good intentions to take care of mom or dad, and they may try, and then they find as things change, it just becomes more challenging and you become more of a caregiver and less of a, of a child. Yeah, you lose the family dynamic. Yeah, so um, I know you guys um, with your location at Folkestone, tell us a little bit about what that community looks like and maybe some other types of communities that maybe you've heard about. Sure. Start so, yeah, so we are what's considered a full continuum of care. And so what that means is we have independent living under our roof, as well as assisted living, memory care, enhanced assisted living, and a care center as well. Um, what we have the most of in our community is independent living. So we have 221 apartments. Um, and so, um, there is also different communities out there, other senior living opportunities, um, like uh, some things that are called mini continuums. Um, so that is where they have independent living, assisted living, and memory care, but no care center there. And then there's also just straight independent living, 55 plus apartments. There's co-ops that people can buy into. And then there's also CCRCs, which is um, kind of buying into your care ahead of time and um, and having that throughout your stay, um, so just lots of different lots of different opportunities out there um, to figure out what is the right fit for you. For us, we're just a full continuum of care. Would you have any recommendations on if somebody is going to start this process and they know nothing about it? Yeah, where might they start? Because now you you just mentioned a number of different options. Yeah. Um, and so how does a person know, do I pick this one over this one, or this one over that one? Any idea on any resources, or how, how would they start this process? I know a lot of <coughs> proximity to family is really important to people as they're looking. And so if you know nothing about the senior living community, maybe start there, mm -hmm. what would be important, and then contact people like Liz and I. 
the marketing and the sales, because that's what our role is, is to educate them. And so Liz and I spend endless hours speaking to prospects before they even maybe put themselves on a wait list, um, just educating them on our continuum as well as other communities. And then at that point, they can decide if they want to come in and tour our community, maybe go on a wait list or if we have something available, you know, look at a potential move. Um, but that might be a good starting point. I don't know. I if think you that's have... a great starting point. I think to grow on that, I think it's really important to go in and experience different communities. Mm-hmm. I think going and touring, stepping foot in there, yeah. feeling it, seeing how different residents um, interact with each other, how the staff interacts with each other, and just the the overall feeling of a community is so important in knowing um, if that can feel like home to you or not. That's a really good point. And I know for myself, um, we do have clients that live in a variety of different senior communities. And it's not unusual for us to visit a, lo- a client at their location. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, sometimes I go to these, these um, to, to their home mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. And I, I kind of joke and say, can I move in here, please? Yes. Because they look, um, first of all, the locations are oftentimes just, you know, very gorgeous. But they've got, you know, beautiful restaurants and activities. And so it's not like we kind of started off earlier when we talked about kind of that skilled 24-hour nursing home where you kind of get this image in your head of this dreadful place. A lot of these places are are beautiful and they're, they're vibrant yeah and they mm-hmm. and they create so many opportunities it sounds like mm-hmm. for different activities and just different yes. uh, interpersonal um i guess kind of relationship building with other um in individuals right um, right how nice is it to move into a community when you're feeling well and you're vibrant and you're able to make a lot yes. of relationships and then get to know the staff and get to know how that community works and even if you do end up needing a more supportive level of care like assisted living or a care center at some time you're then potentially just moving into different places within that community, you still are going to have all those relationships built. You're going to understand how the management works. You, um, it, it's familiar. So during a time that's potentially stressful when you're not feeling well, you're still within the comfort of what you've already considering home versus moving from your home in the community and moving into something completely different right. where you don't have any relationships built, you're already not feeling well, and you're feeling like you're in a place of crisis. Okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Um, I think just having that support. Yeah. Um, you know, the independent living is fabulous and starting out early, like Liz had said, and building those relationships. But then also understanding um, the calls that I'm getting to, I'm amazed at people are still in their home at 90 years old. Mm-hmm. They've been able to, um, that's important to them, yeah. and they've been able to do that. Um, but then also knowing that you can be very independent in assisted living mm-hmm. or enhanced assisted living. We, we often encourage that, but just having that safety net of knowing that staff is there 24 hours a day, so that if you did have an have an emergency or you needed help or you were just weren't feeling well you don't have to call your children or the neighbor to rely on them or maybe you don't have any support but knowing in a community you would have that 
And I think that's really important. You're still able to drive, still go yes. on vacation, mm-hmm. still. Yep. yep. Okay. A couple things I heard you mention earlier, um, wait lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that might look like for someone? Yeah, so um, each community functions differently in their wait list. For us, um, there is no financial obligation to be on a wait list. And it, it looks, um, it looks there's those people who are kind of using it as a placeholder. So they know that they want to be at this at a community 10 years down the road. They're planning ahead. but um, So they're not necessarily getting calls about apartments that are available, yeah. but we're continuing to build that relationship every year with phone calls and just in <clears throat> until that timing feels right. And then there's those people that are wanting to move in as soon as their name comes up on that wait list. Um, depending on the community, you know, sometimes there is a not a wait list or a very short wait list to sometimes an extensive wait list, right. sometimes, you know, five to seven years. Um, so it never hurts to just be proactive in those spaces. Five to seven yeah. years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's why we say it's so important to start now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't, like Liz said, it doesn't mean you have to move tomorrow. It just means you're just holding your place in line in case in the future you might need a community. Yeah. Okay. This place feels like it could be good. Exactly. If I decide mm-hmm. that I want to move that direction, yes. I have my backup plan, my plan B. Okay. So if your name comes up mm-hmm. and if I say no, yeah. then what happens? Do I go to the bottom? No. Or do I stay towards the top? Or and how I- does that work? I mean, not for us. I right. can't speak to every community or every com- biz- like company. Um, for us, no. Um, we are of a mindset of having, you know, just further conversation, building that rapport and just asking, you know, is it not the right time? What doesn't feel like the right time? It does, you know, are, are you just doing really well in your home? Is the idea of leaving your home after being there for 40 years and all of your things overwhelming? You know, how can, if that's the case and you really do want to make a move, how can we support that? What resources can we offer to you? Um, and so, um, and sometimes it's, we might offer them an apartment, but it's not the right apartment. And so it's having that conversation about really what is really important to you to have in your next home. Um, you know, aesthetic wise or location wise, all of those pieces um, to really get to the bottom of what is most meaningful so that we can best serve them. And if you, let's say you do pick something that maybe isn't your ideal apartment, Mm -hmm. do you still take that knowing that, hey, when my ideal one opens up, it'll be easy just to transfer to that one? Or do I wait for that one to open up? Yeah. How does that usually work? Are you okay if I feel that also? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, I feel like I have more like moves. She has more movement within that piece. Yes. You know, it it depends. There's a lot of pieces um, for that. So for some they are needed, they're on a time frame. Um, They have their home for sale um, someplace else. And so an apartment came open and maybe it's not their dream apartment, but it gets them into their dream community. Um, and so, and they have a time frame that they need to be in there. Um, for others, um, they don't, they're not on a time, you know, a time crunch. And so they can wait for that right apartment. Just kind of, um, it depends. Our community is, is, um, it's unique in the fact that we have multiple different layouts. Um, and so there's a lot of different types of floor plans to choose from. So in our community, um, 
sometimes people do wait for just that right floor plan. Um, also, switching within the community can sometimes be easy, easy, but sometimes it can be a challenge too. Sometimes you end up waiting longer um, to get that right fit. So really, it's just kind of weighing out those pros and cons and what feels right for you because you have to think about also doing another move, right? Paying for movers or having family move those things. There's usually some financial things that come along with that as well. Um, so all things to consider in that space. Okay. And you just said the buzzword, which is near and dear to my heart, financial. <laughs> financial. You yes. knew I was going to go there. Yeah. Let's talk about money. Mm -hmm. What yeah. does something like this look like? Well, I know for the higher levels of care, there's, there's two pieces to it that they need to look into. One, it's paying rent for their apartment, their space. And our apartments in the higher levels of care do look different from the independent living. They're smaller because we focus more on the care that we provide. Um, I often tell my families when you're coming and you're looking at the apartments, please keep in mind that your apartment is your bedroom. Folkestone, the community is your home. Mm -hmm. So we want you to utilize all those spaces, all the amenities that we provide um, throughout the whole community. Yeah. So um, it, that helps a little bit. Um, and then you have that piece of what services do you need help with? I know I spoke earlier that um, we encourage you to be independent, um, just having that safety net of knowing that staff is there. So services can be very minimal. Maybe it's just providing meals so that you don't have to cook anymore. Um, and then it can be very extensive, just depending on where you are in um, your aging process. Um, so it just really kind of depends. Um, what style of apartment, what size of apartment, the level of care and what services. So I know it's kind of a gray area. Yeah. I'm kind of tiptoeing around you that. tiptoeing around it. <laughs> Is there a range? Is there a, from a low end to this, from a high end yes, to that? Yes, that I could do. So I would say for assisted living, probably around 4,000. Um, and then up to the higher levels of care, probably I would say 12 or 13,000 a month. Okay. And yeah. that's not, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. You know, just from knowing individuals yeah. living in those communities, yeah. that, that kind of just seems like it's, that's kind of where the range is. Right. That's kind of where the market has, has kind of put that. So. But that, that really includes just about everything. Right. You know, you've got your meals in there. Um, you, like Liz had mentioned, your maintenance-free living. Um, so there really isn't any hidden costs within that. I know, I know it's a lot, but you are receiving very, very good care as yeah. well. And just kind of speaking in general to, to senior living or like looking more in like the independent part mm -hmm. of it, you know, really it depends on the community. Um, some communities have an entrance deposit while others don't. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, it looks usually pricing reflects like amenities, the age of the community um, and location. Um, so those are all things yeah. that, um, in general, when looking at senior care, those are things to consider. You know, not everyone's able to or wants to pay an entrance deposit while other people do. So just knowing that there is all of all of the options out there, it's just um, looking into them. So when I know we've looked at a couple of different contracts on behalf of our yeah. clients, and they can, it can be a bit overwhelming. What are your thoughts on that? I mean... You know, oftentimes, is this something that you want to try to get other family members involved with so they can 
go through, you know, the contract and mm -hmm. make sure that there's no surprises later on? Or do you feel it's pretty straightforward? And, and can you think of any circumstances where maybe some surprises have, have come up? Or does that just not really happen? I guess for me, I would always want to see a contract that was month-to-month -month lease, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, um, in that space. Um, for independent living, I would say that um, sometimes it's helpful to have uh, the adult children there. Sometimes um, people are just very already confident in what they want, and sometimes um, it's good to to just be able to really concentrate on on those that are moving in um, and with their wishes in those spaces. I would think in assisted living. Um, so typically when I have families coming to me, if they're not already independent living residents at Folkestone, I don't meet the resident. It's the families that I'm working with because oftentimes a crisis has happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why it's important when Liz was saying to you know start early so that, so if I were looking at a senior living community, I would wanna make that choice. It would be nice for me to have toured these communities and let my children know or whoever I was with this is what I like, this is what I'm looking forward to. So that if it ever did come to a time where I couldn't make that decision, I had already made that decision and then my family could fulfill those wishes. I often see a lot of grief and a lot of turmoil that's going on within families because either those decisions weren't made and now they're scrambling just because they want their loved one to be in a safe place. Yeah. And so that can make things a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important and yeah. that's very well said yeah. that yeah. and I, I, th I feel like the biggest takeaway from our conversation today is to start early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we cannot emphasize that enough to start these conversations early. Yes. Right. And, you know, obviously, you know, this is for mom or dad or, um, but to include the family members and to make sure that the family members are respectful mm -hmm. of that individual that's going to be making this transition. Yeah. And like you said, to start it early, not to say, hey, mom, we're moving today, mm -hmm. but if we have to in you know, one year, two year, three yeah. years, what, what would you want that to look like? Right, yeah, what's most important to you? And like you said, so I feel like that's a, like takeaway number one, yeah. mm -hmm. start early, have those conversations. Like I always yeah. tell my clients, have those conversations when you don't have to have them. Sometimes I feel when I, when I say that, you can start the dialogue and I get it. It becomes, it can become uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? Because a person may say, I am gonna die in my home. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to sleep and I am just gonna die in my home. And wouldn't we all love that? Mm -hmm. That would be perfect. Yes. But we know that's also not reality in, yeah. in most circumstances. And we want this to be as respectful and as dignified for this individual. And like you said, um, that oftentimes you, you do see people during a crisis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that's really tough, Lisa, for having to be on that receiving end because I'm sure you're wishing that you could say, oh, if only we would have started yeah. this a year ago, it would right. be so much easier. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's kind of in our human DNA that we kind of mm-hmm. procrastinate and kind of, yeah. you know, brush things off. And the next thing we know, here we are a year yep. later and we haven't taken any steps towards it. So yes. um, as we kind of wrap up today, I want to uh, turn it over. I'll start with you, Lisa. Just one, one or two last kind of parting thoughts or comments on anything that you'd like to share with our audience today. I think with Presbyterian Homes, just to speak on their behalf, we are a service to serve. Mm -hmm. So when you call Liz and I, um, I know we're running a business and that it's to have a census, but truly we're here to serve. Um, Liz always wants the best fit apartment for her residents. um, And we, that's just really, really important to us. I think that would be the biggest thing is just building those relationships um, and speaking to your your loved ones about what your wishes are um, and starting early. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think kind of to mirror off that, um, finding a a community that um, not only does the 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 ownership of it meet your mm-hmm. expectations and and your thoughts like some people it's very important to be in a Christian ministry or a Christian based community Um, and also you know kind of what I spoke to before is just going out and experiencing those communities really um, trying on the hats of you know what those look like for you Um, because otherwise you just never really know unless you're out there and and trying out you know uh something like Folkstone or a mini continuum or a co-op, um, just finding out um, what it really is the right fit for you. Yeah. So Liz, what I heard you say, which again, besides takeaway number one of starting early, mm-hmm. takeaway number two is get out there. Mm-hmm. I know at least I heard you mention earlier, start with your community. Mm-hmm. But then Liz, like you said, you start with your community that you're looking to, to, to in. reside in. Mm-hmm. And then see what is out there. Yeah. Go to these different places. Yeah. And Leading Age has on their website, it breaks down the different types of senior mm-hmm. living communities out there. And so, you know, it talks to, you know, what just a senior living or a full continuum mm-hmm. or that CCRC that I mm-hmm. mentioned, um, they, it breaks it down nicely so that you really understand what each of those look like um, to make sure that your understanding what each model is before moving in and not I agree yep yeah and Liz can you repeat that again what what, is that a website leading age and is that a website Mm -hmm. or leading age leading age is it leadingage.com yes or we just go google that okay yeah you can google leading age and it'll show up so that sounds like that would be a really great resource Mm -hmm. to start so okay yes well ladies Thank you for your time together. I appreciate it. Liz and Lisa, again, from Folkstone um, out in YZ. Again, just been a a real insightful uh, time together today. Um, If you like this episode, please feel free to send it on to someone that you think could benefit from hearing this information that we talked about talked about today so that is all for today again thank you so much thank you so much for for having us us. and bye for now
Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Be sure to consult first with a qualified financial advisor and or a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. 